James Yuri. High Impact Partnerships. Close CRM. Constructed from the finest in skin and bone. Relaxes with cold plunges and ice packs. Punches UV sunlight in the face with a Howler Brothers sun hoodie. Not weird. Quite charming, really. A sustainable and eco-friendly episode that will make you smarter than eating your vegetables. Stick around. Here's a fact. Personalized video outreach is amazing for connecting with customers. It 5x's email responses, 2x's LinkedIn replies. You get meaningful engagement, but it can be a bit of a drag. It's just really time-consuming. SendSpark makes video outreach easy. Got a long list of leads you need to engage? SendSpark's dynamic backgrounds and templates gets you there in a quarter of the time. Overslept? Look like you do on picture day with SendSpark's camera effects and filters. There's lots of uses. Steve over at SalesBricks loves being able to couple their existing product demos with a custom introduction video and then using the dashboard to see when and how many times a customer's watched. Says he can't sell without it. Put down the handheld whiteboard and make video outreach a repeatable process that treats your leads like VIPs. Head over to www.sensepark.com and sign up for free. Go now! James, welcome to SenseSpark Studio South here in sunny Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us today. Brian, thanks for having me on, man. How you been? Good, man. Just hanging out. The cliche conversation of the weather's good finally, right? There's a small window where it actually appeases and delights everybody. And it's typically June. Not in Austin, Texas. Not in man. Austin, at least in Colorado. And it's typically June, right? You're like, weather uh -huh. is perfect. It's not too hot. And then you start to get into July and people are like, it's too hot. And then yeah. they start complaining about their air conditioner and that they don't have it and how they want to go up north and you're like when are you just ever going to be happy no you know, one's like, ever happy james yeah, if they we're going to take anything from this episode yeah. is that no one's ever happy something that i realized only this week was that i get summer depression i'm from new york it's so mm. hot here it's so hot i don't leave my apartment i'm just i shuffle just around the shadows dude yeah you're just in the air conditioner and it doesn't make any sense so it's like why and you're like i want to be doing stuff and i should be doing stuff but i'm just hot yeah i'm not going to do this on the surface of the sun james let's get into these questions here you want to jump into it what do you say yeah yeah, for sure. James, what is your superhero origin story? You're bit by a spider moment. You looked at the world one way, then something happened and it's led you to where you are today. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this and I went back to a thought that I've been having over the past couple of years. And I was raised in a church in Pueblo, Colorado, a very big church. A mega church? And a huge church, like 3,500 people. It's a subculture. My dad was a pastor there. And when you're a pastor's kid in a church that size, you become this subculture celebrity. And everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants your attention. Everybody wants to invite you to their house. And that their intentions are good, right? They very much are. They're very nice people. Therefore, starting from a very young age, a lot of people would always come and talk to me. This ranged from really, really low socioeconomic status to your ultra wealthy of the city who have $100 million and all their tax write-offs go to the church to build these big additions and have badass sound systems and all that stuff. The mega, mega church. 
the mega <laughs> mega church dude and i despised going to church as a kid man it was that thing you know like i have to do it sunday morning sunday night wednesday night i hated going to church and not that i don't have respect for the religion you know if that's what you believe in that's fantastic if that fills you up i'm all for it it was just the idea of having to be there all the time and what i realized though over the past couple of years is being in that subculture having the spotlight on me as a kid and people always wanting my attention wanting to have conversations with me made me a master of conversation people and energy within a conversation without realizing it until i was an adult i got into sales eight nine years ago something like that and before that all my friends were like you need to be in sales and i'm like no i'm not going to sell cars right there's that stigma sure. associated with it and then i got into tech sales and i was like this is my thing did sales for a while and then ultimately graduated into partnerships which is even more my thing and then had this epiphany of why am i good at this why are people in relationships my superpower? And I came back to that. That was it. Being raised You're... in a mega church and in a celebrity subculture. You know, that's interesting. I feel like that could easily have gone into a negative. I'm sure there are just as many good things as there are bad mm -hmm. things that people talk about mega churches, but I just thought it might have gone that way. That's great mm -hmm. that you actually, you're like, no, it was a good thing that I did it. Yeah. And you're not a weird person because of it. I'm going to refer back to question number one, when and if this conversation is a bad one. I'm going to be like, I guess they didn't do a good job raising you at the mega church. Yeah, 100%. James, you've been with Close CRM and in the sales game for quite some time, as you just said. What's the part of the job that keeps you up at night? I think I have this ever-driving force to be an individual contributor who has the most impact. I want leadership in folks that I work with right. to point to my work and be like, whoa, one person did that? One person did that. The reason for that is I really deeply care about all the people that I work with. And if I can create that big of an impact, it positively influences their life where we're growing as a company. They can ask for raises. They have more flexibility. We're growing. They can move into lateral roles, right? Maybe they're just tired of doing this role and they want to do something different. Since that growth has happened, there's more lateral roles. And so it's that impact as an individual contributor to how can I make it the biggest dent and positively influence all these people? Interesting. Why specifically do you want to do this as an IC and not as a member of the leadership board. At a I get more energy from building relationships with other folks, especially in partnerships that can drive impact versus, you know, when you're in leadership, a lot of that you're managing people, unless you're at the very, very top and making the fun strategic decisions. But then there's a lot of other stressors that come with that, which I'm also not interested in. I want to go and build relationships with interesting people out in the world to create win-win scenarios and partnerships, but also create this big impact for our company close yeah. CRM. Right now, currently, it's more like director level type of conversations where mm -hmm. I'm building relationships with directors at other places. And then once there's a relationship built there, then I might get in the trenches with more of like a partnerships manager, right? I see. But cohesively between the director and the managers, we're all creating this vibration together to create these win-win scenarios. Cool. And I'm getting to know them as a human being in the process. One example, Microsoft for Startups. That's one of our big partnerships. Ryan, our head of content, is meeting up with Kelvin, our partnership 
relationships manager in Amsterdam on Friday. And this is a result of director pulling us in, building this partnership, pulling in partnership managers, establishing that rapport, building a friendship and a business relationship, and also being like, let's meet up when we can collide in the world. That's amazing. That is what's actually going to happen. Ryan's going out to Amsterdam? Yeah, he landed in Amsterdam yesterday and he sent me a WhatsApp this morning. I was like, you should meet up with Calvin. He's like, lined up with Calvin. We're having lunch on Friday. Awesome. So we're going to jump over to this next one. Insight, one of the world's largest SaaS VCs, recently released a report showing that SDR pipeline contribution is down to 18% from a peak of 40%. James, what channels, tactics, or strategies are you excited about when it comes to reigniting efficacy here? So the sales development role is shifting from just being good at outreach and talking to people to having some technical foundation and know-how either on their end or from the manager level of how to actually land in the email inbox of anybody, right? Because most of that outreach is done via email. There's other channels, of course, mm -hmm. but most of it, it's still email heavy. Here's the thing. A lot of emails, especially sales emails, are immediately disqualified and put in the spam box before they ever reach the inbox. And this happens because of how warm their domain is, the health of their domain, what their content is like in within the email, how personalized it is. There's so much that has to go into the reputation of the domain and the content before it ever reaches the inbox. And if you're sending to Gmail to Gmail, you have a higher chance of landing in their inbox versus like a Gmail to Outlook, Outlook. right? So there's all these nuanced technical setups that need to be understood in order to even just get in the inbox of the person for them to ever even see the message that you put in the effort to create. So it's no longer, James, just about is the message good enough to get someone's attention? We just have to get in there. You have to get in the inbox. The message has to be badass and you have to hit the inbox. Yeah, but hit the inbox first, right? So that email yeah. warming up, you don't want a domain mm -hmm. that hasn't been warmed up. It has to be warmed yep. up correctly. Those business development boots on the ground folks are just going to become a little bit more technical. Would you agree? Yep, they got to be right, more cool. technical. Sales manager or the BDR themselves, SDR themselves, someone has to know what to do there. And if you can master that, you are playing and you're running a race that not a lot of folks are today. And let's say 10 SDRs are reaching out to the same prospect mm -hmm. and one of those SDRs is doing what I just said and following Properly. this technical setup, they're going to be the one that hits the inbox. They actually get in. So nine of them they don't. These days, nine of them are not going to get in there if you didn't do it. It's very unlikely do. they get That's in. That's so crazy. Like, yeah. It's just, it's not something that we even considered two or three years ago when we started doing this. And now it's because everything is so automated, right? Everything has to kind of get even more stringent and filter more just because we actually need the real people in there. So in a sense, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. On. It's not really a bad thing. It sucks because people have to learn new things and everything. But in general, it's actually helping, I think, raise the tide for everyone just to be a little bit better at the job. And the inbox isn't an eye roll. It's sort of like, okay, this looks like something that might actually matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where like tech and the human element really meet on the sales side. Yes. On the tech side, you get in the inbox Two, the content still has to be fire. Even if it, everything is done well on the tech side, right? You need them. You both. still might get DQ'd. So the content also has to be fire and then you hit it. And then if the content is fire, the person on the other side is like, it's fire. I do need this. How about the spray and pray thing? Do you have any other comments on kind of reigniting things? Yeah. I mean, I think there's still numbers game depending on what your vertical is. If you're like B2C, you're going direct to consumer, hundred percent, man, you got to play a numbers game. You're going B2B and you're going for bigger deals. I would say you want to go quality over quantity all day long and really hit the right few people that can make the decision or influence a decision 
vision for whatever you're selling and then take good care of all of the setup and content that actually hits their inbox. Cool. So maybe a little bit more targeted personalization, multi-channel outreach, mm-hmm. maybe yep. use a little closed CRM. Thank you so much, James, for answering our inside question. Sure. James, what do you think will be different in sales communications in one year versus right now? So there will be a mass adoption of AI in sales. It just will happen. Once you get your hands on AI, you're like, oh my God, this is life-changing. I can yeah. do all these things so much faster. We can send out but, trash faster. Yeah, I can send out trash so much faster. Let's go. <laughs> so there's going to be a massive wave of adoption that happens. And there's going to be folks that continue to lean into the trash and folks who learn how to use AI, but still produce very, very high quality communication, whether that's typical cold outreach or your follow-up or however you're leveraging AI within the sales process, they're going to be people who master how to use it really well and still highlight what's good about them as a salesperson. Yeah, that human element. element. They're going to master the human element and the AI versus there's going to be this massive flood of AI in every direction, but it's also going to train all of our brains as consumers to be like, this is AI. Yo, it's happening so much now. I mean, you'll see in these trying times, you see it everywhere where people want to make a point. You're like, I know you just use ChatGPT. You know why? Because all of it sounds the same. Mm. It's just the structure, right? It's just very interesting how that's coming out. Totally. And something that's totally underutilized is video messaging, right? Oh, well, okay. Here's the question. How many emails right now in your inbox have video in them? In the last month, I probably have three new sales emails in my inbox every day. Total. In the last okay. month, I've had zero video messages. And we are at June 28th. They dated this recording is June 28th. Zero. So not, I got none in the month of June. I promise you, if you send me literally an embedded clip of you talking on my LinkedIn profile, I'm going to be like, what is this person talking about? That's amazing yeah. because we just got it. Any of the SendSpark links that you add as a comment from your phone show up as a animated GIF. Mm. We're working on, obviously, if you're on your laptop, we mm. can do it. But it's something that we're literally working on because we know people like you are going to be like peak interest and look into that. So yep. that's very cool. Hey, 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 real quick. If you think you're too early to use SalesBricks, you're wrong. Why? Because you're never too early to get started on the right foot. Price, quote, and invoice your customers on day one with sales infrastructure that scales with you. No more building this from scratch and having 15 different tools that have to shell out for and keep up with. I mean, you wouldn't start a company without an email address. Then why would you start selling software without SalesBricks? Head on over to www.salesbricks.com and start building better revenue today. James, what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? What makes you weird? I'm a big sensory input person. I'm the type of person, even though I live in the mountains of Colorado, but if you find me in a store somewhere, I'm probably going to be, I'm going to be touching everything, right? Like towels, (laughs) I'm going to be like rugs. I'm going to just be touching everything. Yeah. The Um, cop car they put you in because you touched everything. Yeah. They're like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) Yeah. I'm big on sensory input and you know, one sensory input every day is cold showers for me. And I'll have this like ice pack that's in the shape of a face that I can put on my face. Barry Patrick Bateman. Yeah. love that intense cold. It really wakes me up and revives my energy, 
especially if you have a really good night's sleep, you're already feeling good. And you amplify that with a cold shower or an ice pack on your face. It really turns it up and kind of hits a new threshold of energy for me. It's funny you say that because I thought you were totally going to say if you wake up groggy. No, you're saying if you wake up feeling awesome and you add that in there, it's just going to be even better, huh? You're going to feel like you're on drugs, right? You're like... <laughs> I'm well rested, took this cold shower. You're like, I feel great. If it's in the morning, I might still be yeah. on drugs. If it's a yeah. morning cold shower, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Wait, so is it a full cold shower or is it the last minute of the shower? I, the last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still That's a, a big good... caveat, James. That's Come a huge on, caveat. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Huge caveat. Cool. For me, it's the putting your head or face under the water. And I'm in Colorado, right? So oh. the water and the plumbing is always very, very cold. It's Brick. You can put your face <laughs> under there and your face will feel pain because it's so cold. Well, but no. It's like that good experience. You're like, oh, that's what I was dude. looking for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing it from Austin, Texas waters, dude. Yeah. It's not the same. It's like it's lukewarm. lukewarm. Basically, at the end of my shower, I'm basically yeah. just, it's chicken soup. It's chicken yeah. soup is what it feels like. All yeah. right. Awesome. Cold showers, ice packs on your face. Gets you yeah, pepped yeah. up. Thank you so much. I don't think it's that weird, but it could be weird for it's someone not that else. Weird. Sensory <laughs> input. I mean, all my friends, my wife will make fun of me for just touching everything feeling everything you know no no definitely the first part of that is weird no problem james what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory i'm outdoors a lot and we live in the mountains of colorado the sun is fierce here and when you're doing things outside you're hiking you're biking whatever you're doing playing with your kid moving around sweating you also want like breathable clothing so i'm always wearing these sun shirts right and they're super light material they breathe you can easily pull them up but then you can just toss this over your head and boom your ears your neck it's all protected and this one's from Heller Brothers which they make a good one and they've got great designs they look good they're okay. fashionable UV uh, 1000 I, yeah exactly so skin is protected without having all the sunscreen on you breathes better than just a cotton short sleeve and you're just ready to go anytime you need to go plus it dries fast get in the river you go on a rafting trip you wear it you get wet doesn't matter dries fast don't hit your number sweat through it it yeah. dries Venice, you know, yeah. <laughs> for whatever yeah. you're doing. That Howler Brothers, not just for outside, right? Yep. So hoodie from Howler Brothers was a purchase in around $100. That's positively impacted your life. Yep. Thank you so much for that one. We'll add the link in there as well. Once Howler Brother sends over the sponsorship dollars. Who do you think we should interview next? Even though these folks both work at Close, these are folks that I find very interesting. And Ryan Robinson being one of them. He's our head of content. Him and I are very good friends. We communicate all the time. We've got a couple of creative motions at play. He has done a number of psychedelic retreats. He's about to do a darkness retreat, silence retreat. In Amsterdam? He's about to do one retreat in Amsterdam. And I can't remember which cool. type that is. But okay. yeah. He's big on exploring the mind, right? I am as okay. well. I have two kids, a family. I can't just be danced Amsterdam and going no. on a retreat, right? So, Who's yeah, has to he, be in your room, your yeah, little area? Yeah. Ryan, he's very interesting. He's just a good human being. Vishal, who also works at Clothes, he's our Webflow developer. This guy, man, has the most interesting stories about anything and everything. He has this whole story about how him and Aziz Ansari get mixed up for each other in the world where people have approached Aziz and been 
and like Vishal. No. And he's like, I'm, yeah. And to the point where Aziz has been like, who is this Vishal? Right. He's like, I'm yeah. Aziz. Yeah. I'm Aziz. <laughs> How do you not know that? Hilarious story. He will just pull these things out of his back pocket. And he was a part of the Scientology community for like 19 years. His dad was on the boat with L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. Endless, endless ocean of interesting stories. He's into biohacking. You're like, how can I do this or form this habit or feel better about this? He's like, got it, dude. He hit us with a fact on our marketing meeting a couple hours ago about how if you even have one drink of alcohol, the next 48 hours, it affects your fat metabolism, something along this lines, where it hinders your ability to lose weight for 48 hours, even if you have one drink. And so if you are actually looking to lose weight, you need to cut out alcohol in order to actually make these gains because every drink you have starts this new 48 hour window where where you cannot lose weight you can't lose weight huh yeah so vishal man this guy will just blow your mind mind. i'm gonna turn the hat around because i mean there's beer on here i'm trying to gain up yeah all right here we go no more denver beer company because we're trying to live a healthy life James, thank you so much for that answer. So yeah, yeah. Ryan Robinson or Vishal Agarvala, we're going to hit him up. What kind of music do you like to listen to, man? For every episode, I like to make a custom mixtape and yours is going to be no different. So let's hear it. I cross every genre, except pop country. Let's put that out there. I'm not Except like, pop country. Yeah. Is that I'm what not going on Kenny Chesney, not doing it. Chesney. Yeah. Whoever yeah. they are today. I'm totally yeah. naive. Right. To- I'm exactly yeah. where you are in that time of... <laughs> pop country authentic country i'll fuck with right and we typically have music going on at our house all the time i put a couple of thoughts to really give you a thought of the folks that i'm listening to glass okay. animals okay. love glass animals mac miller one of my favorites nina simone kind of going back in time love Ooh. nina simone and that whole genre of music lord huron oh man that is spiritual for me i love lord huron i mean that band in general i feel like they just don't push anything unless their heart and soul is into it Marty Robbins. I became aware of Marty Robbins through my grandpa. And oh, asked, those are the best. I asked my grandpa, I said, Grandpa, if you had one song that you would identify as your favorite song of all time, what would it be? Didn't even hesitate, dude. Didn't go, let me think about this. He goes, El Paso by Marty Robbins. And I was like, never heard it. Awesome. Turned it on in that moment. I was sitting with my grandpa. We listened to it and I was like, this song is incredible. And then I went and listened to a lot of his other stuff and it's just equally as good. He's such a wonderful storyteller. Love it. Culture Wall. This would be an element of new country that I can get down with. Very, very authentic, very old sounding. He's a storyteller, just loves the plains and loves being a cowboy. But he also has this almost, you know, there's like a sinister and a kind of a darkness to it Ooh, too. You know, which is there. James, thank you so much for that answer. We've arrived at the final question of our interview. It's the billboard question. Mm-hmm. Happens to be everyone's favorite question. You ready? Okay. James, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, I'm paying for it. Everyone would drive by every day and read it. What would it be and why? If the intent of the billboard is to make money some way, it'd be a different answer. I decided yeah. to go away from that just to get folks. That's what we want. This is what we to want. Start <laughs> thinking, right? Here's something that I've noticed about people in general is they don't acknowledge or understand that there's an artist or a creative inside them. Mm. And I sincerely believe that there is an artist and a creative inside of everybody. They just have to figure out what that spark is and what really motivates them to create based on the strengths that they have. And so I think on the billboard, I would say 
think you're not an artist or a creative, you're wrong. You have it in you. You just need to discover it. It's there. I promise. That's such a good one. There have been a couple repeats, like ego-wise and kind of golden rule-wise, and they're fine. Yeah. But this is really good because I don't think I really ever thought about it that way. When so, did you yeah. discover your creative spark? You're here creating right now. That's funny. I remember when I made someone laugh for the first time. And that's when I was like, I can say things that are funny and then get people to like me. It was like, remember the Choco Taco, the ice cream? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This was literally fourth or third grade. I remember saying, Choco Taco, like Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. And I'm going to eat one Choco Taco. And I'm not going to have two Choco Tacos. And I just made the entire room crack up. And it was like, we're in the basement of a friend's. You know, there's a bunch of us in there kind of hanging out. And I did that thing. His mom gave us the ice creams. And I was like, this is interesting. Being able to say things and having the entire room love you. So Now it's one of your core memories. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. When yeah. I think about like, Brian, why do you like saying funny things all the time? Or yeah. think that they're funny? Because yeah. oh, I don't know. I like the way it makes me feel. And that goes all the way to that. And I would say folks that have discovered that about themselves, right? They are creative. They are an artist. They kind of found that spark is when you're having a conversation with people. And this could be a conversation where you're like, this conversation is kind of boring. And you want to challenge yourself to improve the conversation. Hmm. Figure out how to help that person discover their inner creative. Yeah. Um, James, I think you're really good at this. Or James, you seem like you'd be great at that. No, you can't prescribe it to them. Oh, okay. Right? So you can how? compliment them. You can compliment their strengths for sure. Okay. But you would also want to be observing their strengths to help them find that internal narrative. I would more or less ask a question. Uh, mm -hmm. If you had all the money in the world, money was no longer a thing. You didn't have to worry about that. People seem to stop there with that concept. Day after day, if you had to wake up and create something and do something, what would you do with your time? And, you know, well, most you people, mean. they're really going to be jarred and they might give you some really standard answer, but you got to dig deeper. You got to keep going and you got to keep going. If you challenge yourself to find that creative with them through conversation and good question asking, you will find it. Now, then once you find it, validate that for them against the strength that you've perceived through that conversation and also help them create a channel and a path of where they might actually be able to start on that journey. Okay, so that could be more prescriptive, the starting part. Yes. You seem like you'd be good at that. No, yeah. help yeah. them through good questions, which is not easy mm -hmm. to do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like a good interview, yeah. not one where I just ask you the questions and give mm -hmm. them to you beforehand. <laughs> And you get them to a point where they have that spark. You'll see it in their eyes. And you're like, we've discovered something special here. It's an interesting way to have conversations with people. Awesome, James. Now, I guess before we let you go, if you could tell us a little bit about what's next for you and or close and anything that our listeners should check out. Yeah, for sure. On the close side, we are just trying to put together some really meaningful partnerships, going after some bigger partnerships that will have major impact. So that's a lot of what I'm working on there. We've got some really interesting traction and momentum in that direction. Personally, it's really digging deeper and on my creative side, having conversations with people, podcasting that. And we really want to take folks that are in the business context and might be recognizable faces or names in the business context, bring them to us in person in Colorado or go to them wherever they're at and sit 
sit down and interview them outside of the business context. Talk nothing about business. Not but business. Talk, not business. We're not going to talk business, but not not business podcast. So <laughs> taking these business personalities who have had success in business, a lot of it, and really opening up a different side of them and getting deep with them. So we will be doing things outdoors where we will be filming B-roll and sort of getting the body moving and warming up conversation, letting it flow naturally. And then we will also in the same day flow back into our studio here to sit down and actually shoot an interview after we've warmed up and we've kind of built this trust with one another, this safety, this vulnerability, and then really open it up. Cool, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. James, we've reached the end of our conversation. I guess my final question is, how do we do? It's great. Wonderful talking to you. Brian, you are a master of conversation yourself and energy. You really know how to keep the momentum and flow of a conversation, keep it fun and very, very genuine and authentic. So it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I didn't grow up in a mega church, so I can't give it any credit, but I did watch Righteous Gemstones all seasons right before I hopped on with you. James, thank you so much for joining me on I'm Not Selling You Anything. Have an awesome rest of your day, dude. Yeah, you as well, man. What you create with your own thoughts and ideas is what makes you interesting, not what you do for work. We couldn't agree more, James. Thanks again to you for joining and to our listeners for tuning in. Join us next week when we interview Rick Rubin.